Blog Talk Radio. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love Radio Show. And this week is going to be the first of a two-part series and it's a codependency and narcissistic abuse checkup. And at some stages within the year, I do write codependency check-in articles. And for this one, because it's nearly the end of the year, this is a great time to reflect to see where we're at and what we've grown through this year. And I believe a big part of that is checking in with where we're at with codependency. Are we still handing power over to things and people outside of ourselves? Or are we more anchored into our own internal solidness? For those of you who may not have read my articles on codependency, you may ask, what is codependency? And my definition of this is goes a lot deeper and further than just the traditional belief that it's in regard to having grown up, grown up in a uh, substance abusive family. My definition is this, trying to seek wholeness and internal peace from sources outside of self rather than establishing those states within self. And what this means is we can feel empty, fragmented, Afraid and powerless when things don't go right or when life hasn't turned out the way we wanted it to. We can get panicked and feel unsafe and in this state we can hand our power over and make repeated choices which don't serve us. Invariably we tend to latch on to people and situations which don't ease our fears but bring the compounding evidence of them instead. Codependency can be very serious. It leads us further away from integration of self, which is authentic powerfulness, and it takes us down a slippery slope of disintegration of self, which is powerlessness, especially if we continue to hold people and things outside of ourselves responsible for the state of our lives. Naturally, if we do this, we are not going to have the value of developing and healing ourselves to wholeness meaning we can't and won't obtain it. I started a couple of days ago a wonderful conversation on Facebook asking people to post what they would like to have covered in relation to codependency. And there were wonderful responses, fabulous and relevant subtopics emerged regarding codependency. So it's my absolute joy to approach these topics and I hope to shine some light on them for you. The responses I offer include what I believe and what has become solid truths for me, as well as what I've discovered in order to move out of fear and powerlessness, inner emptiness, into a much more solid state of self. This article is going to be a two-part series and both of them will involve information regarding codependency as well as the solutions. And we do have a lot to cover. 
So let's start off with how was codependency caused? Many people put up a really simple question on the Facebook post. How was codependency caused? And questions like, is it caused by self, self sorry, caused by low self-esteem? And what makes some people and not others codependent? I want to start off by explaining that low self-esteem is a symptom of the modeling of codependence and that most of us, if not all of us, were programmed to become codependent to varying degrees. The reason being is we are all a product of a world that looks outside for comfort and fulfillment. We were not taught to come inside and self-partner in times of stress. Rather, we were told to shut up and get on with it, or that our feelings and emotions were inconvenient and irrelevant, and therefore had to be ignored, repressed, shoved aside, or switched off. As a result, we all became more and more disconnected from our emotional centers, and we tried to acquire stuff or people's love or approval to stop the pain, and when that failed, we took up addictions, which are self-avoidance mechanisms, to try to numb ourselves out from the pain. Societal beliefs, unconsciousness, and the horrific programming of needing to get worthiness, value, approval, and love outside of ourselves is all responsible for the dis-ease, yes, it is a human disease, of codependency. What we all need to realize is that narcissism and codependence is just different manifestations of the same levels of disconnection from self. It's the same state of unconsciousness. The real difference is the codependent said, I will try to please you so that you will love me and be my source of relief from my inner pain of being disconnected from myself. And the narcissist said, I will mind you and control you and take from you to get the relief of the inner pain of being disconnected from myself. The other major difference is that codependents can heal and the narcissist invariably never will and I'm going to go into more detail about that in part two. We can understand that the root of all unconscious behaviour, being a victim or a perpetrator, comes from the same emptiness and the same disease of being disconnected from self and living in the illusions that we are incapable and unworthy. One of the greatest wounds disconnecting us from ourselves is the belief that it is somehow wrong and even blasphemous to believe that we are powerful emotional creators directly connected to Source Life God. So rather than know that we are a part of Source Life God organically, we took on the belief that we are soiled, bad and unacceptable as we are. And rather than feeling like a loved and accepted child of God, we're infused with blame, shame and fear. Believing we needed to conditionally gain approval, prove ourselves, repent, change or be somehow different to be granted this connection. The connection that we already are coded to have and more than that, the connection that we already organically are. That was the greatest separation illusion that led us into unworthiness, self-loathing, emptiness and handing our power over. Often to people who do not have our best interests at heart and absolutely cannot provide our true source connection for us. 
Our connection to our own inner being, solidness, self-love and self-acceptance is only between us, our own soul and God existence directly without any outer substitutes. Codependency is a spiritual disease. It is not a psychological issue. The psychological issues are a symptom of the spiritual disease. It's an emotional issue, a soul issue. The remedy does not lie in logical thinking. The healing of it requires a deep connection back to yourself and your true, ne- and your true connection with Source Life God. Until we know that we are at one with Source, and at the quantum level that is the absolute scientific truth, we cannot ever be at one with ourselves, others, our life or this planet. This is when we suffer the results of disconnection and in this state we are not generating or participating in the true source of well-being. Rather, we are granted by Source Life God the results of our free will choice of living in the illusions of separation. Source Life God, which is the bigger part of the unseen you that you already are a part of, states, I love you so much unconditionally that I will absolutely grant you more of who you are being. Therefore, if you you believe you are not adored and supported by me, I will grant you that. And if you believe you can never be good enough to be loved, secure and successful, I will grant you that too. If we are always backed into emotional corners at the desperation of not feeling loved, secure, worthy and whole, The true reason why is because we have not established and embodied the truth that Source and ourselves are one. We haven't embodied as knowingness that Source adores us beyond measure simply because we exist unconditionally. When we're stuck in the emotional agony of disconnection from this truth, and most of humanity is, We will try to gain love, approval and significance from all the wrong places. Many spiritual minds speak of this truth and recognize it because it is truth. The bottom line is the only pain we ever have in our life is the spiritual starvation of being separated from our true connection, no more and no less, because everything in our life is generated from that. If we know and organically embodied that we are adored and and approved of, would we need to tolerate people who don't genuinely reflect that? Would we need to hang in there for crumbs? Would we feel so empty, unlovable and unworthy that we make decisions and hand our power over in ways that hurt ourselves? Would we try to mine others in self-serving ways to try to get something from them to fill us? Would any people attack, harm, murder, rape, invade countries, steal resources or exploit others for greed? No, they wouldn't because they would know the deep quantum level truth. We are all one with source and we're all one with each other. Therefore, to harm another would simply mean you are harming yourself. We would know we are all equal, worthy and loved children of God and we would have no need to play games of separation and me versus you to try to win and get love and worthiness. 
What is there to get and take when we already are it? What fear would we have of people taking it and getting it from us if we just knew it just is? And wouldn't we deeply give, share and support when we irrevocably knew you are me and I are you? The greatest ridiculous illusion that man has created in order to perpetuate separation and fear is that somehow our ultimate authority, God, creator of the universe itself, which we would all agree on if we believe in a higher power, that somehow this force is needy, has requirements and employs conditional love that if not met generates petty vengeance and punishment. This defies all sensible logic. All that is needs nothing. All that is already is. What on earth could it require? Healing codependency is all about this. Healing this false premise of disconnection that has not just ripped our own emotions and lives apart but has effectively torn humankind apart. We can heal this truly one person at a time. So let's have a look at the next section which is how do we make sure that our children don't grow up codependent and this is what somebody posted on the Facebook group that they wanted to know about this. So the true answer is counterintuitive to what you may think. Rather than try to do anything about your children, let go more which means stop trying to control, lecture and prescribe and fix and keep them safe. The most powerful way you can empower your children to not be codependent is by healing your own codependency because then you'll be comfortable and even keen to let them make mistakes, face the consequences of their actions and grow. And rather than blaming and shaming them for their mistakes, because they're triggering your expectations of them fraught with the conditional love that you learned. Rather, by example, you will teach them that they do have the resources to be personally responsible. They can work it out. They can learn how to self-soothe, forgive themselves and develop their own wisdom and growth. The biggest mistake parents make, and I was totally guilty of this, is to try and force our children into behaving a certain way if you would just do that, I can feel better. And then we pass it off as being good for them. This is not to be confused with boundaries. Boundaries are great with children. They set limits and they bring about personal responsibility. They teach. If I make certain choices, there are consequences. So for example, if you set a limit and you mean no, don't argue, lecture and prescribe. Deliver the consequence, such as no computer for two nights and then get on with your whole and empowered life. Mean the boundary and follow through without the fight, guilt, lecture or the back down. Another boundary may be, when you are ready to talk calmly and respectfully, I can help and mean it. Walk away from disrespect, get on with your existence and don't pander to emotionally abusive behaviour. Then let go and allow your children to make mistakes and learn from them because that is the way they can grow and develop into solid, effective, mature human beings empowered in life. Don't interfere with that happening for them. 
and absolutely model for them limits and healthy boundaries yourself. If they see you being a powerless victim not taking control of your own life, especially if you are acting out powerless and victimised blame and shame, they will model it. They will attract and do exactly that in their own life. What happens when we model that we're victims? We attract perpetrators. That's the truth. Or worse still, they will become perpetrators because they believe by your example, the only way to not end up as weak and powerless as mum or dad is to get in first. And I'm so unsafe because of my parent being taken out that I have no other choice. You may think that your powerlessness compels them into compassion and not doing to others what has been done to you. That is not how emotional energy manifests. It creates more of whatever it is. Your ongoing victimized pain can only manifest pain, wounds and scarring for your children in their lives point blank. Many, many narcissistic children are manifested from the dynamic of the narcissistic parent with the parent remaining in powerlessness, powerless victimization. I've seen this pattern more times than I want to recall. And as far as I'm concerned, it is the recipe that creates the most narcissist. And I hope that is a huge wake-up call for you if you are determined to hang on to the victim model. I promise you, this is one of the most powerful reasons why I am so passionate and proactive about healing people from the victimized model. Because we are never going to heal our planet of narcissists until we do. It will never die out. They are simply going to keep spawning. In stark contrast, if your children see you drop the codependency of powerless victimization, not only are they more likely to come towards you, Rather than turn against you narcissistically, they will see within you the modelling of becoming empowered and grateful for the development and gifts that you have received from these lessons. How do you want your children to emerge from the inevitable hard lessons of life? As victims or as expanding, developing beings being even greater and happier as a result of them? I think the answer is really obvious. And you need to lead the way. When you become personally responsible and take on your own development, your children will respect you, admire you and love you even more for who you have become. In fact, this creates the most glorious connections with your children. And I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it time and time again in the lives of people in this community. A much deeper, more potent, passionate, wonderful connection that you could ever imagine. Authenticity and personal responsibility is one of the most attractive and lovable traits we can ever adopt. Children pick up on it intuitively, energetically and emotionally. And this happens without you doing anything to make them get it. They just do it and they start expressing it in their own lives because you are doing it and expressing it in your life. Some of the people in the Facebook group express their feelings of over-responsibility that's hard to shake. And we can easily play this out with our children. 
feeling responsible for everyone and taking on the enormous burden of having to fix is created in our own childhoods. The messages we receive goes like this. Unless other people are happy, I'm not safe. Or if I don't get give everyone what they want, I won't be loved, approved of or taken care of and so forth. So we can all do the logic around this as adults until the cows come home. But the absolute truth is until we find these affected young wounds and up-level them, until we transform the inner belief to something more healthy, these beliefs continue to drive our lives. The strategies we develop to survive at a very young age are deeply unconscious and very powerful and they continue to play out as adults until we heal them. So the next section is in regard to how do we know if we're being codependent or not. Now on the blog that's coming out tomorrow, I'm going to include the codependency checklist and we've been through it again. So through it before and let's go through it again. And I would really love for you to share your score on the blog. Now maybe you've done the list previously and you remember what your score was then and you are really happy at the improvement in your score now. You can see how far you've come in your own development. The truth is it doesn't matter where you're at because it's a starting point as every moment is. And in this moment of now, you can now start awakening and seeing what you couldn't see before. This was some of the questions on the Facebook page. How can I be aware when I'm acting codependently? Why are there times that I'm struggling to see it? The truth is for all of us, when we're stuck in either the illusion life happens to me from the outside, or I am so damaged and broken that there is no hope for me, which are both victim stories, we're unconscious. We don't see what is really going on or how to deconstruct the reasons why we're doing this. We have no ability to align with our true power, which means evolving and breaking the pattern. So I just want to share with you how I used to do life. I used to go from one painful incident to the next, ignore all the signs life and others reflected back to me, and I kept fumbling along, usually with the use of addictions to self-avoid the pain. And that was until I had nowhere else to go other than inwards to find the truth. It's empowering to understand that when we try to work out negative emotion logically, Rather than creating a loving, self-partnering relationship with our inner being, we are in blender brain and only confusing matters further. We're usually engaged in all the thoughts that don't help us, ones that only injure us further. Thoughts like, what is wrong with you? Stop being pathetic. I'm going to eat that piece of chocolate cake I needed. So-and-so is horrible because of what she said. How dare she? And why on earth am I so oversensitive and stupid? For God's sake, get over it. None of that helps. What does help is connecting with that young, vulnerable part of ourselves, which will reveal what this is really about, as well as grant us access to up-level it. If we're prepared to go inside ourselves and be real, vulnerable, supportive and self-loving, so in a nutshell, how do we know that there is something codependent going on in our life? The way we know is by the negative emotion we are experiencing. 
We feel fearful, empty, panicked, needy and powerless. These are the indicators. This is the how to know answer and the only answer. When we feel painful emotion, often what we do is try to grab or do something outside of ourselves to relieve these painful feelings. But this is just kicking the can down the road. And the problem just gets more cemented and bigger. Our neuropathways just become more hardwired onto self-avoidance, which causes further separation, which is a disintegration of self with self, rather than integration. When self-avoidance doesn't help, and it doesn't, because it's only ever temporary relief, followed by deeper plummets into pain, then obsession kicks in. And this is the use of our limited logical mind, which can never be the substitute for deeply connecting to our emotional inner self. Obsessing doesn't bring solutions and it only creates self-abuse. It was never a solution. Our logical mind has no idea of the truth. It looks away from the inner truth to scapegoat, blame, distract or make excuses and it makes up stories. Our logical cognitive mind is needed for right brain practical activity in our life. It was never designed for emotional healing. When our greatest desire becomes the desire to develop and evolve ourselves, we know two things. The first is that negative emotions signal to us something within us is not aligned. And number two that life source God and our soul is always connected as one, delivering us the exact matches of our emotional connection or disconnection with source. So therefore, when bad stuff or feelings happen, this always means that there is some part of our woundedness, our internal separation behind it. So really, let's keep this simple. All we need to understand is that codependency is going to show up as triggers and disappointment. Then all we need to do is avoid the diatracts of self-avoidance and obsessing and come inside to ourselves to self-partner, investigate and heal with tools that work. Then we do break free from that codependent pattern and often instantly. Truly, it is that simple. Can you see the ways we do blend a brain and we overcomplicate it at all? It doesn't have to be that hard, and truly it isn't. We've just been taught that it is. So let's have a look at the connection of poor boundary function and self-abandonment. One of the Facebook members wrote a post wanting to understand more about setting boundaries and self-abandonment. It's easy to understand that when we have not yet healed the internal pain and fear that is synonymous with codependency, we are going to struggle with boundaries. As codependents, we're struggling with self-love and self-approval. So naturally, the people who we are hooked on trying to provide us with love and approval can disarm us very easily. And then, no matter how much they hurt us, it is really hard for us to hold the line and say no more. In fact, we will sell out that line to try to keep them as a source of love and approval rather than back ourselves and forego these people. After all, we don't believe that we can be these resources to ourselves. And this is where self-abandonment comes into play. I used to be the classic case of self-abandonment 
making decisions to avoid going empty that were so self-destructive they nearly ended my time on this planet. In fact, I was so desperate to have something outside me heal my pain that I completely abandoned my own safety and care. And I know many of you reading this and listening to this will be able to relate. True empowered boundaries mean I love myself and I know my truth. I know who I am and I will not compromise myself anymore. You have a choice to be in my reality of meeting this higher vibration. If you don't, that's okay. I'm not in I'm not in it anymore, regardless of the consequences, because in no way is the correct and healthy development of my life dependent on you making any particular choice or even understanding what I need. You are not my source of self, I am. Now, of course, we don't reach this level of conduct until we've done the work on ourselves to get there. And naturally the work is about finding and up-leveling the young, unhealed parts of our inner being that are still hooked into, you have to be the source of me because I can't be that to myself. It is true, as children, we couldn't be a source to ourselves. We were entirely codependent. We were powerless and vulnerable. And if we haven't healed and up-leveled these young parts, which means self-developing and growing them lovingly and supportively up, they still affect us regardless of knowing better logically. I promise you, the painful aspects of our life are not being created logically and they can't be solved logically. For this reason, boundary function and codependency are hugely enmeshed. Being an effective boundary setter absolutely requires healing codependency. Because unless that has been worked through, you can't know your limits as truth. You will be easily talked out of them and any abuser can easily pick your gaps to get you to hand your boundaries over. It is a huge illusion that frustrates me immensely and it's perpetuated widely that anyone can have their boundaries crushed by a narcissist. That is just not true. We can only have our boundaries crushed when we don't know personal rights, when we don't have the ability to speak up and risk rejection, criticism and abandonment, and when we can't hold the knowing of the truth and approval of ourselves regardless of what other people choose. I promise you there are people who learnt this organically as children because real, unconditional love meaning self-love, self-respect and self-resources were modelled for them. And I'm going to talk a bit more on unconditional love later. We weren't those lucky ones, but we are no longer powerless children. We can face these young wounds and we can take responsibility for them and heal them. Boundaries can get really confusing. And that is when we're still stuck in some young wounds. One Facebook member wrote, I'm not responsible for other stuff and I need to focus only what I am here to do and be as well as not releasing my power to a user. But also, I need to respect others' boundaries that they deserve the option to find themselves and evolve as their true authentic self. I have no way of knowing what others are it really is a struggle to internalise this concept. 
So my answer to this is also counterintuitive. It may not be what you expect. Part of our job is never to try to guess what other people's rights are. We can only ever be responsible for the implementation of our own. So this means we stop trying to work people out and we free ourselves to be ourselves, which never means trying to make people be or do something a certain way. So as an example, there is a huge difference between stating, don't do that, it really annoys me, that is crossing a boundary, instead of saying something like, I really need some peace and quiet to get this done, could you please help me out by being quiet for a little while? And then if that person doesn't, then remove yourself and create your own quiet. So the first reaction, and we know we're reacting because we're triggered, will be a young wound activated. That statement of, don't do that, it really annoys me, is all relating to an inner wound of something like, my needs are never important. Something that you acquired in childhood. Hence why the aggressive reaction. So when dealing with others, if you are triggered, you need to heal the original wound, otherwise you will show up treading on people's boundaries. We can never be authentically ourselves by trying to work out other people's moods, needs and desires. The more authentic we become with our own inner being, the more honest, loving and authentic we become with others. We start living by the credo of neither of us are mind readers. We're doing our own journey from the inside out. We are responsible for our own connection with source and well-being and then sharing that. So if you need something from me, I give you full permission to be honest and speak with me honestly and lovingly about your feelings and what you need. And I will grant that permission for me too. So I hope that helps you understand the definition and the line between you and someone else. So this conversation on boundaries now brings us to this part, which is the most empowering codependency story I've ever heard. Now, I love this story I'm about to share with you and I've often thought about it, often, so many times. It's been so inspiring for me. And the reason I'm sharing it again is because one of the Facebook members who also said how inspiring it's been for her suggested that I did. Now, I love the idea because this story explains codependency point blank. He goes, I want you to imagine some seedy character knocking on your door with a greasy pizza and he says to you, I'm going to give you this pizza for free, but that means you and I have to hang out and you need to do exactly what I want. If you agree, I will bring you free pizza every day. Now imagine you were starving and you had been completely unable to produce food for yourself. You might just submit. You might think, oh my God, I have to eat. I'm so empty, I'm dying. There may not be another opportunity to get relief from this empty dying feeling. For now, at least I have to take this offer up. So you do. And of course things would not turn out well. Now imagine... You have a fully stocked kitchen and you've been preparing and creating delicious and nutritious meals for yourself for quite some time. And this seedy person knocked on your door with this offer. Of course you would say no way. 
Why would you say yes if you already are a healthy source to yourself? From this story, we understand a couple of things. If we believe somebody else is going to take our pain, fear and emptiness away, we are highly susceptible to being manipulated and abused because we are dependent on this person for vital emotional components that we are not as yet providing for ourselves. We can also understand hungry people make the worst shoppers. They choose junk food. They choose the quick fix that will give them momentary relief but will leave them even, even unhealthier. So this is the absolute explanation of the following posts that members post. This is the first one. To end up in bad relationships with no boundaries. I feel like I've been searching for that comfort, that safe place to fall my whole life. And each wrong place I have looked has made the void more present. And I relate to what you are saying. It's like the whole relationship has forced me to nurture me and not him, to love myself. This is hard for me to admit that I need others' affirmation in order to love myself. So this happened to all of us because we did not have a fully stocked inner kitchen. We'd not healed and developed our inner young wounds enough to have a direct relationship with source and ourselves. So the next section is conditional love. And I loved this suggestion from a Facebook member to discuss conditional love. Conditional love goes like this. If you could only find a way to be different, I could find a way to love you. Conditional love goes against everything that our true self knows, which is all of existence adores me unconditionally simply because I exist. Think about this. Someone else's conditions or approving of you may not be healthy for you. And no matter how much you twist yourself into a pretzel to appease this person by being a certain way, you have no ability to heal this person's essential relationship with themselves, which is really where their negative emotion is coming from. So this brings us a vital understanding. If we were brought up with conditional love, we learnt the message, you are wrong, rather than what you are doing is not working given what you would like to achieve. So we became detached from our own worthiness. And rather than live through the natural laws of cause and effect and self-discovery, which is how we realize we are directly creating with life and what our true power is, we were pulled out of this connection and forced into all sorts of ways to try to gain approval from others by trying to be their agendas that would stop them feeling emotional pain. And in the process, rather than gain self-actualization, instead, we suffer guilt, pain, shame and even self-loathing. We may have tried everything to appease people's demands in order to be loved. We have, may have tried everything to fix all of the problems to be loved. We may have even sold out our soul, our dignity and our health in order to be loved. It didn't work. It didn't work for us and it didn't work for other people. It didn't work for them. Hopefully we have realized that nobody can grant us the love and worthiness that we are not granting ourselves no matter how much we jump up and down trying to earn it. Naturally, if we've been brought up with family, societal and 
global beliefs of requirement, punishment and being damned to oblivion if not doing what is required for others to love and accept us. We are also going to adopt a very conditional model of loving ourselves. This makes it incredibly difficult to not beat ourselves up and blame and shame ourselves when times are tough or when life is not working out the way we demanded of ourselves it needed to be in order to feel worthy. So of course, why wouldn't we try to run away from ourselves and find someone else who can love us and help us when all we get from ourselves is damnation, accusations, criticism and nasty low blows? Where did we learn to talk to ourselves like that? Look around you at the world. Look at what we were taught. And then we are in total despair when we continue to find damning, accusing, critical and nasty low blows from other people. Why does this happen to us? For one reason only. Because that is the template of our life being generated from the painful separation we have with ourselves. Some people asked on the Facebook post how to forgive ourselves and how not to be horrified about our patterns and also why don't we stop our codependent behaviour no matter how hard we try to. The truth is, we can never blame, shame, abuse and criticise ourselves into well-being and new healthy behaviours. This is another disastrous model our world has perpetuated. The Catholic Church's take on sex is a prime example. And I promise you, with the amount of Catholic clients that I've worked with in Ireland and what has ravaged their families in as far as incest and sexual abuse, is no coincidence. So what happens when we beat ourselves up about being overweight? What do we do? We go to the fridge for a thicker slice of chocolate cake. What happens when we're hard on ourselves about being codependent and when we're watching ourselves like a hawk? We find ourselves doing these codependent behaviours even more compulsively. What happens when we think we are bad, defective, not good enough, unlovable or inadequate? We do all the things that prove ourselves to be right. This is the one and only reason you keep doing what you don't want to do. You're hurting yourself with conditional love. And because your inner being knows this is not love, you feel rejected, abandoned and unloved by yourself and so naturally you are going to go for the addiction or compulsion or quick fix that you're grabbing to try to numb out the emotional pain of that. This is the very crux of the ridiculous, perpetuated illusion. If you are told you are lovable and worthy, you will not do the right thing. That is the blasphemy. How on earth would people who feel whole, loved, worthy and approved of behave? They behave like whole, loving, healthy people. That's how. How would they relate to others? Lovingly and healthily. What would they recognise in and generate with others? Love and wholeness. Truly, as I shake my head at the horrific hypocrisy of what we've been taught for centuries, I rest my case. A five-year-old knows this obvious truth more than the so-called grown-ups on our planet. And I am passionate about this because it is ridiculous. Until we learn true unconditional love, which is, I am, I 100% unconditionally love and accept every part of me, 
including all my defects. Till we do that, we have no hope of integrating into wholeness. And there is no way we can truly love ourselves to wholeness or we can love others or accept true love from others. It all starts with self first. <clears throat> so how do we feel this destruction of conditional love which has been a huge force creating both codependence and narcissists? We give it up. That's how we heal it. We stop thinking our life is based on conditions in order for us to feel whole and good. And for goodness sake, we have to give up the insane belief that I can only love myself when I get this, when I do have, when I do this, when I have that, when I achieve this. Because if we believe that, we are never, ever going to get there. There is only ever the moment of now. That is where our power lies or not. And we will never be loved living by conditions that only create more shame, blame, unworthiness and defectiveness, which all create separation from self. Do you understand? So you need to do all that you can to love and accept yourself right now. That is your biggest mission that starts to sort out your entire life. So we also have the massive issue of accepting what is right now. And often we're in deep regret and self-recrimination. I wish that never happened. I wish I didn't do that and I wish I did it better. That is resistance to what is. That is not seeing the gift and the bigger picture of what happened to you. And it means you are not evolving, you are dissolving. There comes a time when we need to accept that what happened was meant to happen. In fact, we needed it to happen in order to evolve. When we are stuck in conditional living and loving and all the other manic human ideas that keep the pain going, we think that life is just about getting stuck to try to feel good. We don't realise that feeling good is our innate, organic, coded, natural state when we lose the pain of separation and all the insane illusions we've been fed. If you are still in regret and still beating yourself or others up, you have not yet got the gift of the lesson. You haven't taken the opportunity of development seriously. You have not realized yet that the greatest joy, desire and freedom that you want with all of your heart is your own evolution. Because then finally you will know in every cell of your body that you just are love, joy, worthiness and freedom without conditions. That is what being free in life means. Then stuff, things and achievements are simply generated by an outpour of more joy and inspiration. No longer are they a futile attempt at trying to fill a hole of emptiness and pain. They are simply more creation. As you can imagine, the creation part gets so much easier because it is not conditional. Truly, we can't heal and progress until we accept what is. For me, and I know that this is the way through, it is about accepting. This happened to expose my unhealed parts so that I could heal and finally be free of them. It is the pure acceptance. There are no mistakes here. 
and I need to forgive myself, forgive life, forgive God and all the players involved and accept it as a blessing in my life, which it truly is. And what I think I have lost is nothing compared to the life, self and truth I will gain. I'm going to gain my true self, my true connection and my true life. What an incredible gift to come inside and start aligning with that. Then, this is the best part. Emotional beingness, states of self and opportunity start to open up in spectacular ways. Things that you could never have accessed previously. So what brought me personally to that level of acceptance? And why do I stand for it so much with others with the topic narcissistic abuse that is so fraught with victimisation worldwide? Because I researched scientific facts. I understood pure and simple quantum physics, knowing that whatever emotional state I decided to be in caused chemical reactions and brain neuropathways within myself that formed my perceptions of the world, created how I showed up in the world and determined who I would attract in the world. Naturally, it is not just about deciding to stop victim perceptions. And maybe there are some incredible people who can flick a switch. I couldn't. So for me, it was the knowing that acceptance of the gift was the state I needed to reach for. And I had to do all I could to purge my body's traumas of victimization to organically be it without the struggle. And it worked. Then I became grateful beyond measure that it all played out the way it did. And I mean that genuinely. There is nothing I would change because all of it was pure perfection given what my soul wanted me to evolve towards and the joy that comes from that. The same is for all of us regardless of how the circumstances look. So I really want to say to you, if you are still in regret and blaming yourself or being hard on yourself for repeat slips, look at it differently. No, you could not possibly have had the tools and wisdom before this happened. You just didn't have them. And your old models may not have helped you embody these tools because they were unconscious too, as were their parents and so on and so forth. What we all need to do is realise we are living in exciting times. We are right at the leading edge of waking up. We're at the tipping point and we can all be a part of this universal shift back to the truth if we drop the regret and embrace what happened in order to get that with both hands and be really grateful for it. Can you imagine how special it is at soul level to choose to be here at this time Choose to meet our wounds full on and choose to help the awakening of consciousness that is so desperately needed for humankind, which includes our children and our children's children. The buck can stop here. There is no mistake that you are participating in this awakening. I want you to know we are all powerful teachers and healers. So the real question is, what are we teaching and what are we healing? So let's have a look next at this section, how fear of codependency makes new relationships difficult. 
and a Facebook member wanted this topic to be a discussion and it is a really good topic to discuss. In regards to forming a new love relationship or relationships in general, we may be terrified about attracting an abuser. We may be fearful of falling back into our old patterns of ignoring our internal uncomfortable feelings, not speaking up, handing over our power, losing ourselves and becoming totally hooked and dependent on someone again. All of this is accentuated if we're still in the belief, I need someone other than me to survive, be loved and feel worthy. And this may just be a subconscious belief. You mightn't be consciously aware of it. But what if we were to take on the orientation, the most important thing in my life is the self-development of my relationship with the true source. And what if we welcome that development opportunity to speak our truth, show up differently, and become the most authentic person we could be, non-dependent on others having to confirm that we are lovable and worthy? Would this mean being a horrible person? No. It would mean that you are going to be lovingly honest. You will explain how you feel instead of projecting it onto someone and you will become a generator of a life aligned with your inner being. In effect, you will start generating a life that reflects back to you healthy self-respect. And you will easily detach from people who try to manipulate you out of that healthy self-respect knowing there is plentiful, healthy resources available between you and life. Because I promise you, there is. It is a very happy day when you show up authentically and you observe somebody non-authentic without the emotional triggers of pain, of loss, despair or emptiness, knowing in no way does this person need to be anything in particular to make you happy. If they are not your reality, bless them, have compassion that they're not awake yet, and move on. Naturally, you have got to drop deeply inside, self-partner and investigate, claim and release the fears that are holding you back from new relationships, which includes all relationships, not just loved ones, so that you can show up open-hearted in your power and know if someone has no desire or resources to join with you at this high level of authenticity, that that's perfectly okay and you are still you regardless. You also know that you will not be so hungry and needy that you will throw yourself in off the deep end to try to escape your own inner pain. You will take your time to get to know people sensibly before bearing your soul, home, body, life and money. You can remain solid within all the way, blessing everything that turns up in relationship. Knowing your soul and source life, God, is orchestrating everything you need to grant you the vital feedback to evolve yourself. You can know that if a bad person turns up, we can ask ourselves, what parts of myself still believe I'm bad? And what fears do I carry about being taken in by bad people? And what parts of me have not yet realized that the powerful light of my own authenticity sourcing directly from source dissolves all darkness? Keep checking in to why you are pursuing or not pursuing new relationships. 
Is it to grow and experience more of your truest and highest potential? Or is it to try to fill a void of the pain of feeling unlovable, unworthy? If it's to fill a void, then there is still the necessary development work between you and Source that no one else can fill as a false substitute. So I hope that all of this passionate and deep spiritual account about the truth of this has helped you understand the truth of codependency. And next week in part two, I'll be discussing the following topics. Can we heal from codependency? How can people have power over us when we know logically better? Can we go empty and let go to ultimately get it all? How can we move through codependency to independence, to interdependence? And I'm also going to talk about the biggest trap of codependency and how our inner wounds hook us and so much more. So, okay, so back to the end of this article. One of the biggest healing steps of codependency is the bringing of our shadows, our own self-rejection, the parts of us we don't like, the parts we're not accepting. Our biggest healing is bringing them out into the light, exposing the parts of ourselves that we normally turn away from without the shame and blame. So I would love you to be a part of this essential movement by answering the codependent checklist that you'll see on the blog and sharing your score. And please write about anything and everything else you would like to say about your personal journey with codependence because this is going to create a powerful healing container not just for, for you but for everyone who will read this article in the comments. Because we are all one. We're all in this together. Your healing is somebody else's healing. So I look forward to sharing this with you and answering any questions or comments that you have on the blog. And please, please share this article widely, especially where victimization is taking place so you can help our world wake up to the truth. We can all do this together one person at a time. That is what's going to change this. So to see the blog, you just need to go to blog.melanietoniaevans.com and it'll be up tomorrow, which will be Thursday or Wednesday in the States. And I really look forward to sharing this journey with you, everyone. So that's it from me. Until next week, lots of love and bye-bye.